Welcome back to another episode of Mormon Traditionalist Podcast. My name is Jaron O'Driscoll and I am your host. Today, we're going to talk about one of the ways that Satan has manipulated people uh, to hold them back from achieving their highest potential, and that is by convincing them to be perpetual children. He wants people to adopt all the negative traits of children. Obviously, children have great traits that we lose as adults, but he's focused on promoting the negative ones. I mean, think of the negative qualities of children in general. Dependent, impulsive, emotional, not looking ahead, irrational, fear, overly trusting. This makes them much easier to be led and manipulated. Now, before I forget, I'll put a link in the show notes about this, but there's an article I read from Yahoo News that got me thinking about this whole thing, uh, so you can read it if you want. It's called The Infantilization of Western Culture, so I'll put that in the show notes for you. And there's one overarching theme here that encompasses this entire uh, idea, and that's a lack of personal responsibility in our culture which is the ultimate form of laziness. That article I mentioned talks about how we shelter our teenagers from the opportunity to have a job. And I would argue that even into much younger preteen ages, that concept is just as credible. Uh, One of the beginning tap roots of this lack of personal responsibility stems in our kids as a lack of work ethic. I remember my first job was washing dishes at a restaurant when I was 14, 15 years old. And there was a little, uh, that was a little late, I think. Uh, but I didn't learn how to really work until I started working construction a couple years later and on into my twenties, making that decision to do that early in my life. And the support I had from uh, my dad to do that was one of the best choices I could have made. Honestly, there's no reason that young kids uh, can't start much younger. My oldest son is six, and when he wants a new toy, then I give him a job to earn money or a series of jobs to earn enough money to buy it. And he's bought multiple toys that way. In fact, that reminds me of a cool experience I I had with him just uh, a couple weeks ago. So my oldest son, he's six, his name's Porter. We named him after Porter Rockwell, actually. I'll probably talk about that in another episode. I need to do a whole episode just on that guy. But he has been uh, really into the Godzilla versus Kong movie and series, and he's been wanting a new uh, Godzilla versus Kong toy. And so when, when he wants a toy, I give him a job, right? And he goes and does it. It usually takes him, you know, a couple of weeks, and I give him several jobs to do. And, you know, I want him to learn that it takes patience, too. You're not just going to do one job and get money and get what you want. So. He comes to me and he's like, dad, I need another job. I need to make money to buy this toy. And I said, okay, well, go, go pick up poop in the uh, dog poop in the front yard. And he says, okay. And so he goes outside and I look out the window 10 minutes later and I see my, my middle son, Jamie out there picking up poop and putting it in the bucket. And I look, look around and I see, I see Porter and he's riding his scooter around and I mean, he had gone, he had gone and said like he had gone and gathered the materials. He got the shovel, he got the bucket and he, he convinced his brother to do it. And I sat there and my first initial reaction, like just 
you know, natural man initial reaction was, Oh, I'm going to give Jamie the money. I'm going to let this happen and let Jamie have the money. So Porter can see that he can't do that and manipulate people. And I had to stop and think and go, okay, I'm trying to teach my kids to be entrepreneurs. What he's doing right now is entrepreneurial behavior. And I want to reinforce that. So I waited for a little bit and watched and I went to the front door and I opened the door and said, Hey Porter, come here. And he, he came to the door and I said, Hey, how's, how's it coming out in the, out in the front yard? And he said, Oh, let me go check. I'll, I'll go check. I'll be back in a minute. And I said, you just tell me when you want me to come check and make sure that it's good so that I can pay you. And he says, okay, dad. So I shut the door. He takes off. I go back and watch and he goes and talks to Jamie and he, he goes around and checks and shows Jamie, Hey, you know, you missed one here and here. And, and so I let him get it all done. He comes in and says, Hey dad, it's, it's time for you to check. And so I went out and checked and it was all good. And I said, okay, great. I said, come here, come in the house. And I said, Jamie, you too come in the house. And they both come in the house and I pulled out the money and I said, okay, Porter, this was a $3 job. Here's $3. You have to pay Jamie one of those dollars because he was your employee. And we had to talk about that. What's the difference between, and we've talked about this before about being an employer or an employee, me and my oldest son, Porter, we've had talks about this before, but I, I told him, okay, you got to pay him. So he pays his younger brother and he got to see, okay, this is what I did. This is the cut I had to take. This is what it costs to have an employee. Some people don't realize people think that companies just have money because they're a, a company and you don't realize that it's usually if you're paying someone $15 an hour or somebody, if an employer is paying you $15 an hour, they're honestly, it's costing them $30 an hour to have you. So with all the insurance and everything on the back end, so they both got to see, he got to see, okay, this is how much it's costing me to have an employee. And my younger son is seeing, huh, this is how much I could get. This is how much I could take if I skip the middleman and I go to dad and I say, Hey dad, I want a job to do. So they both got to see that side of it. I could have taken and waited for Jamie to come in the house or waited for him to come in the house and said, here, I'm paying Jamie. You don't get anything that would have incentivized Porter to go. This sucks. I don't want to be a business owner. I don't want to be the boss. This isn't fair. And my youngest son or my middle son, it's going to make him go, huh? Yeah, if I get the work, I deserve more just for having the work, even though, you know, my son, he was the one that got the job. You know, he talked to me, he got it, he he made the, the, the initial contact. He went and gathered the supplies, he went and got shovel, he went and got the bucket, and he went and got the employee. He did all this work that the the employee didn't have to do. So it kind of showed them both both sides of it. And it could have if I had made that decision that my initial reaction would have been, that would have taught them both a, a really negative lesson that I would not want to, to have them learn. If you treat kids like kids, then they'll grow up to be kids, treat them like adults. So they'll grow up to be adults. Okay. So yeah, kids need to be learning these things early in life and not when they're halfway through college, when they still might not even know what they're going to do for work when they graduate or even what they want to do with their life for crying out loud. So, so we, we start them off young by denying them responsibilities through childhood. We send them through public school that gives them little opportunity to explore the real world or their own interests, uh, then tell them to go to college regardless of what they want to do with their life or if they even know what they want. I hate that attitude that people say, well, you don't know what to do with your life. Just go to college and get your associate's degree knocked out of the way. I hate that attitude. It's so, so dumb to me. And, and since they haven't been taught 
any kind of financial skills in school and oftentimes by their parents, they get themselves into a boatload of debt, which society says is, is just fine since it's your education. And they never sit down and do any analysis of whether a hundred thousand dollars of debt makes sense to spend on a career that pays you 40,000 a year. And that's if you even get a job after you graduate or if you'll even like the job you get. And to me, you can, you can put that money to work for you a lot of other ways, like building a business or investing in something else, stock market, something. I, I like how, how Charlie, Kirk, uh, Charlie Kirk said this once. He said, kids are going to college today and spending money they don't have to learn things that don't matter to get jobs that don't exist. And it's totally true. Something like half of all college students today drop out before completing. About three quarters of college grads end up working in fields outside of their degree, and 41% of them work in fields that don't require a degree at all. And I'll put links in the show notes to the articles um, where I got that information from so you can see those numbers for yourselves. But society tells them you have to go to college so you don't end up homeless or, heaven forbid, working a blue-collar job. You know, using using childish fear that we talked about earlier. You know that I mentioned. You know to man, to to manipulate them. Uh, society also tells them to follow their heart instead of using intellect. You know, are you seeing how the world wants uh, wants you to lead with emotion rather than logic? Are you seeing the, the the perpetual childhood in this yet? I mean, these are kids. Air quotes, kids in their late teens and twenties. We're talking about folks. Oh, then we have the nanny state stepping in and reinforcing this thinking from the outside, promising free tuition and loan forgiveness and how college education is a right. And there's a difference between a right and a commodity, but the progressives in government tell these kids that they are one and the same. So now they start to feel entitled to it, even though they didn't do any work to earn it. And the constitution doesn't deem commodities to be rights. The forefathers said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not the guarantee of happiness. And then when they don't get the free stuff, they blame con uh, conservatives for not giving them what they think they're owed. And the progressives start telling them that they're now victims. So we have a segment of young people that have been sheltered from personal responsibility their entire lives. And they've been told by society that if they go to college, they'll get a good job and have a good life, that they'll be able to have the type of life that their parents have had. But now they're in horrendous amounts of debt with no job to support the payments and let alone that comfortable lifestyle of their parents. So they're already angry. Now they're being told it's someone else's fault, which, you know, the natural man, it's, it's easy to swallow that since they've never had to take personal responsibility. So now they're even more angry Then to top it off. They believe government, you know, the conservatives are stealing what they feel entitled to that, that will supposedly fix their problems. And now cherry on top, tell them they have to stay indoors and can't visit their friends and the recipe for riots and violence is complete. Seriously, guys, these are the exact circumstances that led to the quote unquote summer of love as progressives were, were calling it as, you know, people were being killed and businesses destroyed, which the media refused to cover as anything but peaceful protests, by the way, <sighs> is, is it any wonder these people were doing this? I'm not condoning it by, by any means, just the opposite, actually. But is it any surprise? I mean, they feel like their future has been stolen from them. And, and these people, these angry people, 
are going to be your next senators and presidents. It's a scary thought, guys. And this is all just going to get worse. It's the last days. And we know from the Book of Mormon that it'll get worse than this. And the sad part is this is the millennial generation, guys. It's the millennials. It's my generation. And I try not to be too pessimistic here, but I don't think that they've got what it takes to turn this around. So what can be done about it then? Well, it's going to have to be the next generation. We've got to be teaching our kids to be adults. We've got to be teaching them to take personal responsibility, to stand up for truth and what's right for freedom and for liberty. They are the future of our nation. We are going to need them to defend our rights. And we need to be preparing and becoming more self-reliant. We live in a society that's all about the here and now without, without looking to the future. Um, and as things get worse and closer to the coming of a savior, things will deteriorate more and more. Uh, I like what uh, Marion G. Romney said once. He said, we will see the day when we live on what we produce. And the saying goes that our society is only ever five days away from total chaos at any given time when the grocery stores are empty and no new trucks are bringing in more food. Now, society, call, uh, society calls anyone who prepares for potential hardships, we talked about this in the last episode, as paranoid conspiracy theorists. Doesn't that sound like the adversary is trying to get us caught with our pants down? The church has talked at, at lengths over, over the decades about being prepared with food storage, um, getting out of debt, having a personal savings for whatever lies ahead. How seriously are you taking that? I'll end it there because that needs to be an entire episode on its own, probably a series of episodes, actually. So remember, guys, subscribe, leave a rating and review, please. Send your questions, comments, hate mail to mormontraditionalist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at mormontraditionalist. And until next time, remember, never back down from the truth.